0: Welcome on into the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host CJ Dieters. Today we are gonna do our first mock draft of the year. Now this may be the only mock draft for this year. Um, I haven't spent a ton of time on um, the draft this year. Not now. I've gotten myself pretty um, pretty familiar with who's in it, um, what each player brings, but I haven't spent a you know time to really fully deep deeply research all of these guys figure out exactly um, strengths, weaknesses all those things I have, but I have a baseline um, idea of what's going on in this year's draft. Um, so without you know any really further any, any further ado, we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, now this uh, ep- this episode will be broken down into sections. Um, We'll do the lottery, and then we'll cover the rest of the first round, and then we'll cover the second round. Um, So three different sections. Um, They may happen, be recorded at different times, um, in different locations. Um, So just know that the audio may sound a little different uh, in different parts of the episode, but uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Also, before, before we get started, real quick, um, the NBA finals are going on right now, Celtics won game one, uh, game two is tonight. Um, and then also the main reason I'm doing this mock draft is not to show you that, oh, I was, you know, after the draft, I was right. I picked all these guys to be picked by these teams or anything like that. I want to just kind of give you an idea of who is in the draft around where they, uh, um, are going to get around the area for it. They should probably get drafted, but who knows? I may say a guy's going to get drafted at 20, and he gets drafted at 50, or goes undrafted. Who knows? Um, But anyway, let's go ahead and get on into it. Um, So, with the first overall pick, it's the Orlando Magic. I have them taking Jabari Smith, uh, small forward slash power forward out of Auburn. Now, Jabari Smith is... He ge- he keeps getting compared to like Kevin Durant. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Mostly because Kevin Durant is an all-time great. Um I see more, you know, Richard Lewis, maybe uh Brandon Ingram is his ceiling. Um cuz living up to Kevin Durant, I mean, you're living up to like probably the greatest scorer of all time. Um but Jabari Smith is 6'10", about 230-ish, 235. He'll, he'll need to probably put on a little bit more weight as he gets into the league. Um, has a great jump shot, a uh, great three-point shooter. Struggles around the rim finishing. He's going to have to get stronger and tougher around the, around the rim. Um, but for a team in the Magic, you know, they already have Mobamba, Wendell Carter Jr., then they have guys like Franz Wagner and Jonathan Isaac. So none of the guys at the very top of this draft make tons of sense for them. Um, but I feel that Jabari Smith makes the most sense as a guy that can help space the floor and can help out all the other bigs that I just listed um, to make it not a super crowded uh, front court. So next is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder are knee-deep into a, a rebuild at this point. Um, they're actually... They have some good young talent on this team. Um, you look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy, Lou Dort. Um, Darius is a pretty good young player. I feel like they could have actually been close to being a playoff team this year. I don't think they would have made it, but I think they could have been pretty close if they had actually pushed for it. But they are... The last couple years, they've uh they come out of the gates pretty pretty strong. And then by the end of the year it's like, okay, we're gonna start resting guys, we're gonna start, you know, basically making guys done for the season so we can get as high a draft pick as we can. <clears throat> um and they're looking for, you know, those franchise changing pieces that can eventually hopefully lead to them winning a championship. And I think here at number two I have them taking one. So with the second overall pick I have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking Chet Holmgren, power forward slash center out of Gonzaga. Now Chet is about 7'1, probably 195 pounds. He is very long, very skinny, <clears throat> has like a seven foot seven wingspan. Um I mean the guy is a he's a toothpick. Um but he <clears throat> averaged right around four blocks a game this year at Gonzaga. Even with his smaller frame was able to average about ten ten rebounds, fifteen points. and the big thing is he shot 39 percent from three while taking about three and a half per game. That's huge. um <clears throat> That shows that he can actually play the power forward position at seven one and you could still play you know a bigger burlier center next to him. um I think he at Shea Gilgiss Alexander, Josh Giddy. Are would basically make your big three for the Oklahoma the, for the for the Thunder going forward, and you know who knows five six years from now we could see that that pairing win a championship. So on to number three is the Houston Rockets. Now the Rockets actually got probably the best spot in this draft. You now normally you want to win number one, but this draft there's really the top three guys you know, the three upper tier guys. And then after that, there's some really good players. And there's some guys that may end up being the best players in this draft. But as of how things are looking right now, these top three guys are the ones that are looking like your franchise-changing, cornerstone-type pieces. So all the Rockets really have to do is just pick the one that falls to them. Now, maybe they fall in love with one of them and they decide they need to trade up or something like that. Um, But really, I think you just... They just take whatever falls to them here, and so at number three, I have the Houston Rockets taking Paulo Bancaro. Um, now it's spelled Banchero, but from everything I've heard, it's Bancaro is his is his last name. Um, he's a power forward slash He He's six ten, about two hundred fifty pounds. He's big, athletic, um, amazing footwork. He is immediately going to come into the league and probably average at least 16 points a game and like eight or nine boards. The problem areas with him are on the defensive end. Um, He seems like he doesn't have great instincts on the defensive end and that he also doesn't put much effort in on the defensive end either. But as far as an offensive player, he's looking like a future superstar on the offensive end. Um, And if he can just even get himself to the point of being a passable defender. I mean, you're looking at multiple all-star type player here. Um, you know, and they get to put him next to Alperen Shingen, the center that they drafted last year, um, along with Jalen Green, who was the number two or number three pick last year. can't remember if he was two or three. Um, so that gets the Rockets going pretty well on their rebuild as well. So number four is the Sacramento Kings. Now the Kings have a long history of taking the wrong guy in the draft. Either reaching way high for guys um that are shooting guards that can shoot, like Ben Malcolmore, Nick Stauskas, Jimmer Ferdet, or going for the centers that everybody else would let go into like the second round, but for whatever reason they take way early. Um, such as uh Gregorius papianus um mark uh Marvin Bagley you know that that'll look Marvin Bagley probably still would have been in the at least in the top ten, but he shouldn't have been taken at number two so the kings you know they're probably pretty nervous here being at number four they missed out on these big um these big three pieces now to most people there's what they would consider the obvious pick, which is Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. But there's somebody that I think probably has the highest upside still in the draft uh, that I have the the Kings taking. So I have the Kings taking AJ Griffin, small forward slash shooting guard out of Duke. AJ Griffin is the best shooter in this class. He shot over 45% from three on very high volume. And he's built like um Jimmy Butler. Six six, six seven, somewhere in that range, you know, two hundred and thirty pounds, big physical, um, very athletic, is not afraid to uh to use his uh size to his advantage down low. I think AJ Griffin really could be Jimmy Butler with a jump shot. And if he's if he's that, if Jimmy Butler could knock down of his threes, Jimmy Butler would probably be like the second or third best player in the NBA. I still think he's probably at least top 12, but anyway, I, I think AJ Griffin has huge upside. And I think even if he doesn't live up to that, I, I still think he's at least, you know, a fringe all-star player at his worst. Now he he has had knee injuries in the past, and that's kind of what's been making people uh, kind of weary about taking him. If you if the Kings feel that his knees are good to go, that he's ready to go, I think this is a slam dunk pick right here. Um. So at number five, so we have the Pistons coming up. They are also in a rebuild. They have what they think is their their cornerstone piece and uh and a. In a Cade Cunningham, sorry, I couldn't think of his first name there for a second. You know, who's 6'7", about 220, play can play the one through the three. So really, you just need to pick where you want Cade to play and kind of fill in things around him. Um, they have a good young wing in Sadiq Bey. Um, They have Jeremy Grant, who it looks like he's probably going to get traded this year. Um, and they may be able to move back into the lottery by trading Jeremy Grant um, and get another young player. Um, but like I said, Jaden Ivy is still on the board. And so that's who I have the Pistons taking. So basically you're deciding with taking Jaden Ivy that you're going to play Cade Cunningham at the two, uh, going forward. Um, uh, but he can, you know, still take over ball handling duties, uh, when needed, but Jaden Ivy is very comparable to John Morant, John Wall, uh, Steve Francis, Russell Westbrook-type player, about 6'4", 200 pounds, just a freak athlete, Um, insanely fast, Um, long arms, takes up a lot of the court. Uh, He could end up being the best player of this draft. Uh, I think very easily could end up being the best player in this draft. Um, But I have him falling a little bit here. And I think the Pistons, if they end up with Jaden Ivey, I think they're you know it's going to be high fives all around the room, um, in the draft room. And number six is the uh, Indianapolis, not Indianapolis, Indiana Pacers. Um, the Pacers hired Rick Carlisle last year. Um, the thoughts were that they were they were close that they could really make a push. They get to you know probably a third of the way through the season, they realized, like, this is not the team we need um, if we're going to really compete. They moved on from DeMontis Sabonis, and we're actually able to get a really good young cornerstone piece in Tyrese Halliburton, um, who's going to be their point guard going forward. They have a a really good center in Miles Turner if they decide to keep keep him around. Um, But other than that, I think their roster could, you could see a lot of changes with this roster um, going throughout the year. And so for them, I think partly because Rick Rick Carlisle is your coach, you're not looking to go into a rebuild. You want somebody that can help now. And I think this is the best player available. I have the Pacers taking Keegan Murray, small forward slash power forward, probably power forward slash small forward, um, out of Iowa. 6'8", 225, 230, somewhere in that range. This is a guy that can make shots from anywhere. He's a pretty good defender. Um, A little slow side to side, and that's why I don't think he'll play much at the small forward position. He'll probably play more of a power forward. Um, But this guy can really score from anywhere. He was one of the highest uh, field goal percentage guys in the post this year in the NCAA. Um, He's great from mid-range, great from three. And he's a guy that can fit in basically with any team. Um, This is the type of guy that, Basically, every team is looking for at this point. So, at number seven is the, the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I think there's a good chance the Trailblazers trade this pick. They've wanted Jeremy Grant in the past. I think they could trade this pick and whatever salary they need to to the Pistons for Jeremy Grant. That being said, I'm not doing trades um, in this mock draft. So, at number seven, I have... Probably the first big surprise of the draft, Um, but somebody I think would fit great with the Trailblazers and has a lot of upside. I have the Trailblazers at number seven, taking Jeremy Sohan, power forward slash center out of Baylor. Now, Sohan is about 6'9", 230. Um, He is not the same frame, but very much an Andre Kirilenko type player where offensively, he's going to be able to do a lot of different things. He's never going to be a star on that end. But on the defensive end, he can cover basically one through five. He can be your shot blocker in the middle. He can be a guy that creates steals and gets out on the fast break. Um, He's athletic. He's one of the younger guys in this draft. You know, he's barely over 19. Um, And I think for the Trailblazers going forward, if they decide not to make the big home run push, try and get stars, I think this is a great building piece or to go around um, and would fit well with the uh, the future team of the Blazers with Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, um, you know, in that group going forward. But in a lot of my drafts, you'll see Sohan somewhere between nine to 15. So him going seven is a bit of a surprise, uh, but I think I think. If you if you fall in love with the guy, I think taking him at seven is not much of a reach. So at number eight is the Pelicans. The Pelicans had a great season. Um, Zion Williamson was hurt all year long. They're still able to make the playoffs. Um, they brought in CJ McCollum midway through the season. He's been a great fit for them. They're going to get Zion Williamson back this season. This could be a really scary team. And they've built this team around big wing-type players. Um, You know, 6'6 plus type guys that can do multiple things, whether they're great defenders like Herb Jones or amazing three-point shooters like Trey Murphy or, you know, jack-of-all-trade guys like Larry Nash Jr. And that's kind of where I have them going again. Now, they got this pick from the Lakers. This is part of the Anthony Davis trade. Um, But anyway, so at number eight, I have the... New Orleans Pelicans taking Dyson Daniels, shooting guard slash point guard out of the G League Ignite program. Dyson is, if he can learn to shoot, he is Klay Thompson. Um, you know, six seven, uh, great instincts, a very very good defender, can guard multiple positions, um, great passer, has a great feel for the game, and but his shot is not great. It needs work. It needs time. But he's very young. I think the shot's not broken by any means. I think he can get better at it. Um, I think he'd be a great fit with this Pelicans team, just giving them more versatility, more size. At number nine, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Or, Well, there it's the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs have a lot of young, athletic guys. Under six foot six or six six or an under, you, know, you have Keldon Johnson, Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, um, Devin Vassell. They need to start adding some size to this group, and that's what I have them doing throughout this draft. It's adding some size, adding some versatility, some athleticism. And so at number nine, I have them taking Tari Eason, small forward slash power forward. Probably would have to play the power forward with the Spurs out of LSU, six eight. 230. I mean, this 6'8", 220 to 235, you know, that is what everybody in the league right now is looking for. That can play. That's athletic. That can shoot the ball a little bit. That can defend. That's exactly what Tari Eason is. Um, He's long, athletic. He can defend. Um, I I don't know if he's quite, has all-star potential, but I think he's He's going to be one of those guys where if his team ever wins a title, he's going to be looked at as a big reason why um, his team ended up winning. Uh, Yeah, don't really have much more else to say about that pick. Um, So at number 10 is the Washington Wizards. Now I have them taking a guy that is in a lot of mug drafts is a lot higher, um, somewhere between like four and seven. But I think that there's just enough questions about the guy that he's going to end up falling. But I have them taking shooting guard slash small forward, Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky. Now, Shaden Sharp never played a single game for Kentucky. He was in high school this year, left high school early, came to Kentucky, um, and never played for them. You know, he practiced with them. But he is, you know, six, 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 seven somewhere in that range. Just a freak athletically, Um, a lot of people are saying that he's the next Kobe Bryant. And he very well may be. He is a great athlete. He's a very good defender. Um, Has a really good-looking jump shot um, that he can space out to well past NBA three-point range. But, you know, there's just the questions of, you know, he never played against that high level. You know, never played against G um, League-level teams. He never played against college-level Um, So there's, you know, there's just the question marks on the guy. But I think if he falls here to the Wizards, I think they'd be very happy. Um, I think him and Bradley Beal could make a very good uh, combo on the guard line. Um, Yeah. So then number 10 or number 11, we have the New York Knicks. Now the Knicks are going to be looking for a point guard this year. Um, they're looking for, you know, they want to get Donovan Mitchell, they want to get um, you know, Bradley Beal, they want to get one of these top level guards that could run the point guard. I mean, none of those guys are really straight up point guards, but anyway. Um at this point in the draft, there's really not that guy around. So I have them filling another need that they're gonna have. Um I have them taking Jalen Duran center out of Memphis. Um Jalen Duran um could very well be the next, um, Dwight Howard. He's about 6'10", 6'11", very athletic. Um, he, uh, great rim finisher, very good shot blocker, good rebounder. Um, he's shown the ability to stretch out to about 15 feet or so. Um, I don't see him ever really becoming like a three-point shooter by any means, um, but could very well be the next Dwight Howard. And if he ends up being what Dwight Howard was in Orlando, then taking him at 11 is going to look like the biggest steal of the draft. Um, I think at his worst, he's you know a good, serviceable starting center, um, which is exactly what the Knicks need. Um, they need. Especially with um, Mitchell Robinson being a free agent this year, I just don't think that the Knicks are going to want to play or pay Mitchell Robinson a ton. Um, especially with all the injury concerns that he's had throughout his career. So then, at number twelve, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, uh, uh, Thunder back up. Um, they have one more pick in this first round. They uh pick number 30 as well. Um, I'll remind you at number two, they took Chet Holmgren. And so here at number 12, I have them taking Benedict Mathurin, Um, shooting guard slash small forward out of Arizona. Um he is your uh just your consummate three and D wing type player. 6'6. Six, six. Really good three point shooter, especially on the catch and shoot. Very good in transition. Um, good defender. He needs, to, I think, he needs to get better on the defensive end, but he's a good defender. Um, one of the big worries about Benedict M- Matherin is that he is great in transition, not very good in the in the half court, and so he's going to have to learn to play well when things slow down, and he's going to have to cr- be able to crate off the dribble. <clears throat> At number 13, I have the or it's the Charlotte Hornets. Now the Hornets could be looking for a center here. I actually have them taking one later. Um at this pick, I have them taking a super high upside guy um, that could be, you know, part of a championship winning team next to LaMelo Ball um in the years fu- in the future. So I have them th- taking Usman Jiang. Um, power forward slash small forward out of France, but he played in Australia this year in the NBL. Struggled really a lot Um, in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, he played a lot better. But he's about six ten, right around two hundred pounds. Um, long, very good playmaker. Um, pretty good shooter. Um, has a lot of defensive upside. But he's got he's a guy that's. Gonna need a couple years before he's really a key contributor for a team. And then the final pick of the lottery is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now the Cavaliers almost made the playoffs this year. They had a, a really cool team this year, but they just had so many injuries. Ricky Rubio got hurt. Um Colin Sexton got hurt. Jared Allen got hurt at the end of the season. Um, but they've got a star point guard in Darius Garland. They've got two really good young bigs in in uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and I think adding a, a wing, you know, or other playmaking guard type players probably priority number one for this team. So I have them taking Johnny Davis, shooting guard slash point guard out of Wisconsin. Johnny Davis is he's kind of James Harden before James Harden started doing all the his step backs. So if, if you remember James Harden with the thunder, he was a very versatile offensive player. Now he does like three different moves. He's very good at those three different moves, but that that's all he does. Johnny Davis can score from the mid range from three uh, around the basket. He can create for others a little bit. He need you know, he needs to get better at that. Um, decent rebounder, um, decent, uh, defender. um, not a great athlete, um, but he has enough athleticism to get by. But I think he's kind of that missing piece that the the Cavaliers need. Um and I would expect the Cavaliers to be very active this offseason um in trades and in free agency, looking to uh kind of solidify this young team. Um, but that is the, the uh the lottery. Um in the next section we'll talk about picks 15 through 30. Alright, so before we get into picks 15 through 30, uh, I gotta tell you, I went and watched Top Gun, the new one, uh, Top Gun Maverick, uh, last night. That movie is fantastic. Uh, I, I love movies. I love going to the movies. And even though it is a sequel and I get mad that they're only coming out with sequels or, uh superhero movies there's nothing really original coming out lately they did an amazing job with the new top gun um i gotta tell you i it it just makes you anxious the whole movie like you can feel like up in your chest and up in your throat like the whole movie you're just on edge um and it's not like an, an anxiousness of i need to leave it's more just i need to know what happens here um they did a, a beautiful job with the score on the on the movie the 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 music it hits at the exact time it's supposed to uh special effects are great um so if you are like myself kind of discouraged with what's been going on with movies lately a lot of virtue signaling lots of superhero stuff lots of sequels um top guns pretty good so yeah um but anyway let's Let's move on into picks fifteen through thirty. So, fifteen is the Hornets again. At thirteen, I had the Hornets taking Ujman Jang. And they need a center, but I had them taking Zhang because the uh the potential is just so ridiculously high that you know I you gotta take a chance on the guy. Guy at six ten that can handle the ball like that. At 15 though, the guy that I would have picked for them at 13 for set for center position is still available. So I have them taking Mark Williams, um, out of Duke. Mark is seven, one, like he measured in at the combine at seven, one has a nine foot nine standing reach. So that means when he's standing flat footed with his arm straight up in the air, he is three inches away from the rim. Um, he's athletic. He's not. He doesn't have very uh, mobile hips, but he's he's quick. Um, very good shot blocker, good rebounder. Um, so I think he fills what the Hornets need, but they also get the chance at 13 to add some more, um, more potential going forward. Because Mark Williams, I think, could be a good starter in the league for a long time. But I don't see him ever being like an all-star or defensive player of the year or anything like that. But Ujman Jang has a chance to be a future all-star. A chance. Not, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying there's a chance. So at 16 is the Atlanta Hawks. Now the Hawks, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, a year ago. And then this year, they barely squeaked their way in, in, into the playoffs got handled pretty easily by the Heat in the playoffs. And so I I would expect a lot of changes coming to their roster. Uh, I think the biggest need that they have is just more creation on the wing, more guys that win. Trey Young comes off the floor. They can put the ball in the basket. They can get the ball to – they can facilitate. Now, there's not a perfect option here, but I had them taking – Oshai Agbaji out of uh, Kansas. He's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, somewhere in that range. Shooting guard. Um, really good shooter. Really, really good athlete. Uh, probably one of the like top five pure athletes in this class. Um, he was a winner at Kansas. You know, they won a national championship. He you know he's been there for i think 4 years so he's a little bit of an older prospect but he's a guy that i think can can come in and immediately get some minutes for the hawks and give them some help there with cre- offensive creation and then he's not he's no slouch on the defensive end either before we move on real quick just wanted to say even though i have tons of positive things to say about all these prospects very few of them will work out so out of the 30 we're going to talk about in the first round maybe 16 of them will have, you know, eight plus year careers where they're actually part of our team's rotation. So even though we're talking positively about these guys, um, it, the NBA, the NBA is a really tough league. Um, you have to be so just insanely talented to, to stay in the NBA. Even if you're a guy that doesn't get tons of minutes, the fact that you're on a roster for a lot of years is extremely impressive. So next, we'll move on to the Rockets at 17. So I had the Rockets taking Paulo Bancaro at number three. So now they have uh, Alprince Shangun, um, Paulo Banqueiro, uh covering their front court. You know, that's your center and power forward for the future. You have Jalen Green at the two. So now you're looking at either the point guard or the three, or, you know, you just take best player available. And I think they're taking both those at this at at this pick. Now some people will not have the guy I'm gonna say here nearly as high, but I, I really like this guy's potential. I like his energy. Um so I have the Rockets taking um Marshawn Beauchamp uh, out of the G League Ignite program. He's a six foot seven shooting guard or small forward slash power forward. Um he is a guy that just hustles like crazy. Um, uh, you know, very um kind of Dennis Rodman-like. He's not the rebounder, but you know, the the effort on the defensive end, the uh not being quite as skilled as everybody else, but he just tries so hard and is so athletic that he, you know, it makes up for the fact that they're not as talented. Um <clears throat> But I I really like Marjon Beauchamp. Uh, he's one of these guys. In, there's a few of the guys in this draft where I probably have them higher than what they should be because I like them. I, if I was a GM, these are the guys that I would be really looking at. Um. So number 18 is the Bulls. The Bulls had a, a really good start to this year, and then injuries just really took over. Now, there are rumors that Zach Levine could possibly leave. Uh, he is a free agent. Um, I really think, though, that uh, it's more just a uh, it's one of those cases where they're they're just telling um, Chicago like, hey, you give us the five year max, there's going to be no problems here. But if you try and give us less money, try and give us less years or whatever, I have other options. I think that's. Why there's the rumors of him going to other teams? I don't really think that he's going to end up somewhere else. So they have him. They have Demar Derozan at the three. Um, they have a pretty solid center with Nikola Vucevic, but I could see them moving off of him if they needed to. Um, and then they got Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso at the point guard. And so you're looking for more power forward size guys. Patrick Williams is still really young and could become something, you know, a good player. But I think they just need more depth there. You know, they're playing a lot of guys like Javante Green, who's 6'4 at the power forward. Um, and so I have them taking a guy that I think is a lot like a former Bulls player, Toki, Tony Kukoc. I have them taking Nikola, uh, Nikola Jovich. So exact same name as Nikola Jokic, except for it's a V instead of a K, and Jovich, you know, Jokic. Um, but he's 6'10" about 205 pounds or so, but basically has played the point guard his whole career over in Serbia. Um, very good distributor. He's got a really good shot. Um, and he can hit it from great range. He's never going to be a great defender. Um, and that's why he's down this far. Like if he was a good defender, he'd probably be a top five or at least top eight pick in this draft. Um, um, but, you know, a 6'10", can handle the ball, um, can shoot. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of DeMar DeRozan, off of uh, Zach Levine. Um, so I I like the pick here. <clears throat> At number 19, we have the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves have a lot of picks in the second round. They're a team that I think is going to be doing a bit of trading, moving things around uh, because I don't think they're going to take all those picks. But at uh, 19, <clears throat> you know, the uh, the Timberwolves have a great young star <clears throat> in Anthony Edwards. They have a good big in Karl-Anthony Towns, who, you know, was third-team All-NBA this year, is a perennial All-Star. Still don't know about DeMar- uh, D'Angelo Russell, if he's part of their future, but you have these two building blocks of... Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, So you can go in a lot of different directions. What I would do if, if I'm the Timberwolves is I'm looking for more offensive creation. And I like the big body that Anthony Edwards has. And I'd kind of like to bring in more big body guys like this. Um, Big, you know, athletes that can, you know, drive the hoop. They're not going to get stopped at the rim. And if, teams try to double team him then they could pass it out to Carl Anthony Towns. So I have them taking Trevor Keels out of Duke. He's about 6'5", 6'6", probably 230, 235. He's big bodied guy. Um was a decent shooter at Duke. Um but he's a guy that played a role at Duke, you know, he kn- so he knows how to not be the main guy already. You know, he's a good defender. Um so I think him, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns going forward. At least, you know, the, the the two stars, you know, you got something really solid there, and I think Trevor Keels um could be a part of that future as well. At number 20 is the Spurs. The Spurs were at number nine took Tari Eason. And if you remember, I talked about how the Spurs need to keep adding more size. They have all these, these guards that are looking like they could be something in the league. They need more power forward, center, um, big wing type guys. And, you know, there's been a lot of rumors involving Yaka uh, Pirtle, their center. A lot of teams interested in bringing him in. Um, and so at 20, I have the Spurs taking Walker Kessler's uh, center out of Auburn. Walker is about 7-1 big dude um has nice soft touch around the rim can space the floor out a little bit to uh 15 feet and he's working on the three um, really good shot blocker decent rebounder uh, so I think you know you keep Yaka Pirtle around I think he can slot in as the backup there I think if you trade Yaka Purtle, um Walker Kessler and Zach Collins uh could really battle for that starting center spot. I think you'd be in you know a decent spot with those two. Um, so let's see here. So at number twenty-one is the Denver Nuggets. Now the Nuggets, you know, they have the two-time MVP and Nicole Jokic at center. They have Jamal Murray coming back at point guard. They got uh Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter as your forwards. Will Barton does a pretty good job as as a starting shooting guard, but I think He's more valuable as a six-man type guy. And so I'd be looking for a guy that could play come in and play with the starters, but you wouldn't be worried about playing him only, you know, 20 minutes game so that you can get Barton out there. Um so I have them taking Jalen Williams, shooting guard out of Santa Clara. Jalen's about six five, but has a seven foot-two wingspan. He's very long, very athletic. Um he needs his IQ on the defensive end isn't great, so I think once he gets with a good coach, like a guy like Mike Malone, um, I think he could become a very dominant defender with that length, that athleticism. Um, he's got the ability to create a little bit um, on the offensive end, uh, or if you keep O'Barr in the starting lineup, he's just a really good guy to bring off the bench uh, and run the bench unit along with uh, Bones Highland and Monte Morris as well. Um so at number twenty-two is the Grizzlies. Grizzlies had a great year this year. Um, <clears throat> they were number two in the West. They ended up getting beat by the uh, Warriors in the playoffs, um, and the Warriors are in the finals now. Um, John Morant did get injured during that series, so I think it played a role. But I, I think they're just not quite good enough to beat this Warriors team. Um, but they they've been looking for answers. Um, on the wing for a while now. Um, I remember not that long ago they made a trade, uh, to get Justice Winslow out of from Miami Heat. That really didn't work too well. They had Jay Crowder. They had, well, they didn't really have Andre Iguodala. He was more used as a trade chip. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks has been decent for them there, Uh, but he's such a problem attitude wise. Sometimes I think they kind of like to move off from him but they're solid at the power forward and center. They're solid at point guard and shooting guard. Uh, and so small forward is where I'd be looking. And that's why I have them taking Kendall Brown, small forward slash power forward out of Baylor. Now, Kendall coming into the season was one of those guys where he was looked at as a possible top 10 pick. Um, he's fallen off a little bit, um, throughout the year. Uh, Jeremy Sohan kind of upstaged him at Baylor. um, but Kendall Brown is a is a good small forward. He's, you know, not great in any one area. You know, he's not an amazing athlete, but he's a good athlete. You know, and he's not a great defender, but he's a good, uh, pretty decent defender. Um, has a decent shot. Uh, so he's he's a guy that you're, he's going to need some work. Um, but I think that he can possibly be the answer for replacing Dylan Brooks in the future. At number 23 is the 76ers. The 76ers have a lot to uh, decide with uh, James Harden. You know, they made a big trade to get him at the deadline, and then he just did not perform well at all in the playoffs. He's going to be really expensive to keep around for the future. Um, and so you could look at at point guard there, um, but I, I like Tyrese Maxey. And I think he could be the answer for them at point guard long term. You have Joel Embiid, who was second in the MVP voting at the center. Um, I think they're probably going to move off of Tobias Harris. So really, for this team, you're looking shooting guard, small forward, power forward as positions that you'd be, if you're looking to fill a need in the draft, that's what you'd be looking for. Or you take best player available, I think you can fill one of those needs and take what might be the best player available. Um, So I have them taking Jaden Hardy, shooting guard slash point guard out of the g league ignite program um about six four six five really good athlete uh has really good footwork and uh you know a lot of polish to his game, but the shot just was not falling at all for him um in his time with g league um he came in as a guy that was seen as a possible number one overall pick in this year's draft, and he you know he struggled a little bit in the g league and that's why he's falling down here but I still think he has a lot of potential and getting him here at 23, if he doesn't work out, it's like, okay, we took him at 23. That's okay. Um, But if he does work out, you know, the, the 76ers will look like geniuses here. Um, at 24 is the bulls again. And to remind you, or my bad, that, uh, number 24 is the bucks. Um, you know, the bucks made it to the, uh, the second round of the playoffs this year, they played against the Celtics. And when that series was going on, I was telling a lot of guys I work with, whoever wins the series between the Bucs and the Celtics is going to win the finals. And the Celtics are in the finals right now. They won game one. Now there's a lot left of that series to go. But I I think it would have been the same way, though, if the Bucs had made it in. I think they would be my favorite to win the finals. So the Bucs... Um, yeah, you, know, you got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton and Giannis. Other than that, I think this team might be in a little bit of flux this offseason. I think Brooke Lopez might be gone. You know, he's his contract is ending. Um or is it? He might have one more year left, but he was injured a lot this this season. Uh, Bobby Portis may leave for more money in the offseason. Uh but I, what I would look for for them is A guy that can, in the future, possibly take over for Drew Holiday. Now, I think Drew Holiday's probably got another good three or four years left in him, um, but they're paying him a lot of money. Um, So I have them taking basically best player available. They can also handle the ball. I have them taking Ty Ty Washington, which I know it's a ridiculous name, but Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky, point guard. Um, This is a guy that's a very good ball handler, good uh, distributor. I think he had a game of, like, 18 assists or something crazy like that, which at the college level is, at the NBA level, that's a high number, but at the college level, that's just ridiculous. Um, decent shooter, good athlete. Um, so, yeah, ty Tai Washington to the Bucks at 24. At number 25 is the Spurs again. So, this is their third pick in the, in the first round. Now, I don't know if they're going to make all three of these picks. Um, they may package like 25 and 20 together and see if they can move up to like, I don't know, 17 with the bulls or something like that. Uh, but at 25, you know, I've had the Spurs add some size with Walker Kessler and Tari Eason in the earlier picks. And so now they can, they can really pick just best player available. Um, and I, I would still be looking to add some more size, at least, you know, six five plus. You know, because they have again, their main guys are six six and under. So I have them taking Malachi Branham out of uh Ohio State. He's somewhere in the six five to six seven range, shooting guard slash small small forward. Now he in a lot of mock drafts has moved all the way up to like thirteen, is what I've seen him at the highest. I don't s I, I just don't think he's that great of a player but I think he's a good player. I think he's a good athlete. He's a decent shooter. He's a decent ball handler. Um, so I'd feel a lot more comfortable you know, taking him here. Uh, but yeah, so I have the uh, the Spurs at 25, taking Malachi, Malachi Bran- Branham. So in this first round, they've taken Tari Eason, power forward slash small forward out of LSU, Walker Kessler center out of uh, Auburn, and Malachi Branham shooting guard slash small forward out of Ohio State. So at 26 is the Mavericks. The Mavericks really had a surprising offseason or uh, postseason run, made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Luka Doncic is absolutely insane. Jalen Brunson's looking like he's a decent number two option. Or, or You know, number two, number three, I think they could probably find another star level player to put next to Luka. Um, but they're, you know, they're a good team. Um, I don't think they have quite enough to, uh, to really move on. And what I would be looking for, for them is more bench scoring, especially if, you know, if they decided to move off of like Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, during this off season. And so at 26, <clears throat> I have them taking Blake Wesley, uh, shooting guard slash point guard out of Notre Dame. Now I think Blake Wesley is the uh could be the next Jamal Crawford. One of these guys where he comes in, he immediately is the the number one ball handler while he's in. Um <clears throat> and you just let him go to work. You let him, you know, try and put up twenty points in eight minutes, you know? Um and I think Dallas would be a really good spot for him to land because there's stability. You know, he he he's not gonna be expected to go out there and be a starter and carry a team he just kind of gets to come in and hopefully fill a role for them and then at 27 is the miami heat miami heat made it to the eastern conference finals against the celtics ended up losing in in seven games um and that was a really really good series um and it came down really to like the last few possessions uh but the miami heat they uh they have two really good stars in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They've got some good young players in Tyler Hero and Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Um, but they, you know, they've got some older guys in Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker, who are still effective, but they're they're getting up there in age, and P- and Kyle Lowry especially looked like he was losing his stab. Um, So I'd be looking to at the point guard and the power forward position if I'm them this offseason, bring in some more youth, some more athleticism, um, and hopefully find guys that can eventually replace those two guys in your rotation. That's why at 27, I have the Miami Heat taking EJ Liddell, power forward slash center out of uh, Ohio State. Now, Liddell is basically P.J. Tucker Jr. He is... 6'6, you know, 240, 250. You know, PJ Tucker is probably closer to like 270 at this point. Um, really, but EJ Liddell is really athletic. Um, he's going to have to put in a lot of work to become the defender that PJ Tucker is. But I think having PJ Tucker as a mentor would be huge for EJ Liddell going forward. And it'd be a big uh, for the Miami Heat. So we're getting down here to the last three picks of the first round. Um, so at number twenty-eight is the Golden State Warriors. Again, they are in the finals right now. Um, you know they they're down. You know one to nothing, but you know game two is tonight. I don't know if I'll get out the second round of this. So that game may have happened by the time you you know this episode is getting put out. Uh, <clears throat> But the uh, the Warriors kind of have two teams. They have you know the Steph uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green team, and then you have the young guys that are coming up of Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, hopefully James Wiseman, and then you got a guy kind of in the middle in in uh um sorry his name is uh, can they Andrew Wiggins? There we go. And Andrew Wiggins, who's, uh, was he 25, 26, somewhere in there, who's kind of in the middle there. Um, but they're going to be looking for, you know, some more young guys that can be part of this Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman team going forward, to where when Curry and Draymond and Clay are no longer, you know, as they get older and they're no longer in a position to really push a team to the finals, you want that next group coming up. Um and so the guy that I have coming up, I think could be I'm not gonna say he's the next Clay Thompson, but he could be a version of that. You know, he's he's got a lot of the same skills to him. And having Clay Thompson as a mentor, I think would be a big uh piece for him. oh, Jordan Poole is also part of that younger group coming up for them. But anyway, um so I have the Warriors taking Bryce McGowan's, uh shooting guard slash small forward out of Nebraska. You know, six six, six seven, somewhere around there. Uh very smooth uh athlete score, um, not a you know, an explosive, freaky athlete. Um has kind of that similar to like Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram type athleticism where they'll blow by you, you know, if you give them space, but for the most part, they're just gonna create space, um, have a high release on their shots, and just make life difficult for you. So that's uh, Bryce McGowans, 28 to the Warriors. So 29 is the Grizzlies again uh, for their second pick. That first pick that they got at 22, that, that's the pick that they got from the Jazz uh, back when the Jazz traded for Mike Conley. Uh, so 29 here is their own pick. Um, and at 22, I had them taking uh, Kendall Brown, small forward, um, to... uh. You know, to give them a guy that can hopefully replace uh, Dylan Brooks in the in the future. <clears throat> At this pick, I'm just going probably highest upside um, guy that could possibly, you know, small small percent percent chance, but could possibly become you know a very high level starter uh, going forward. And with Stephen Adams being in the last year of his contract too, maybe you're looking for a little bit more center depth. Um, You have Brandon Clark and you have Xavier Tillman, but neither of them are seven footers. Um, So at 29, I have the Grizzlies taking Christian Coloco uh, center out of Arizona. Coloco's seven feet tall. Um, He didn't shoot in the, uh, uh, during his time at Arizona over those two years, but he keeps saying he has the ability to shoot the ball. At the the, uh, combine, he was the second best in the three point shooting drills. Uh, In uh, pre draft workouts, he looks like he can hit the three. So, if Coloco, with his athleticism, with his length, can really put things together, he could be the next Miles Turner, where no, they're not going to make an all star game or anything like that, but they're solid starting center that can space the floor, they can block shots. Um, So, I think if Everything works out, which again, it's not a huge par- probability, but if everything works out, I think Christian Coloco could be a great player in the NBA um, and that's why I have the Grizzlies taken here here at twenty nine so now we're to the last pick of the first round number thirty, and all the uh, the rumors have been that this pick has been promised basically um that the thunder. Reached out to somebody before the combine and made a promise to them that, hey, if you're available at 30, we're going to take you. So that player sat out of the combine, and so I see it as logical that he has to be the pick here. Um, It may not be true. He may not end up being the pick here, but that's all the rumors going around. That's what's going on. Um, So at 30, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking Caleb Houston small forward slash power forward out of Michigan. Houston is exactly that body type and player that, as I was saying before, everybody's going to be trying to get right now. 6'8", 215, 220, uh, decent three-point shooter, good athlete, good defender, struggled a little bit in his time at Michigan, um, but could end up being... A steal in this draft could be end up being a guy where you know more teams really should have looked at him earlier in the draft, so that's Caleb Houston to the Oklahoma City Thunder, so that'll end this uh segment and we'll finish off with the second round and the next one. <clears throat> that one will go by quicker um just because it's second round guys <clears throat> you know the the odds of them hitting are not super high. So we'll talk about them a little bit, but we're not going to go as in-depth talking about them. Um, But, again, that will be the next segment. All right, so now we'll go ahead and we'll finish up the second round of this mock draft. Um, Before we do that, a little bit of NBA news. Um, Quinn Snyder has decided to step down as the Utah Jazz's coach. Um, I'll be talking a lot about that um, in the next next, uh, Jazz Talk podcast. Um, But he is no longer the head coach of the Jazz. Uh, The Jazz will begin a coaching search uh, to fill that role. Um, Guys like Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant, who have worked under Quinn, are seen as candidates, along with Will Hardy, uh, Charles Lee, um, Kevin Young, and Terry Stotts, and Adrian Griffin as well. Um, Terry Stotts is the only one on that list with head coaching experience um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but let's go ahead and get on into the last 30 picture these will go pretty quickly um, just because they're the second round the chance of anybody from the second round becoming a um, normal rotation player in the NBA is not very high um, but so we'll just get into it so number 31 is the, Orla- uh, the um, Indiana Pacers I have them taking J.D. Davidson out of Alabama. He's a point guard, so a shooting guard. Um, amazing score. score. Scored 70 points in a game um, during his uh, time in high school. Um, prolific score during his time at Alabama. Um, we'll need to work on his uh, his playmaking abilities and on the defensive end. So at number thirty two is the Orlando Magic, and I have them taking Wendell Moore Jr, uh, wing out of Duke um, before we had the magic taking uh, Jabari Smith with the first overall pick. So here they're they're adding just more depth on the wing, more guys that can handle the ball, more defense. Um, at number thirty three is the Toronto Raptors. And I have them taking a guy that I really like, and I would love for the Jazz to to come up and get him, even though he's a, gonna be a project, which is John Brown Jr., uh, power forward slash small forward out of Florida State. So John Brown is seven foot one, maybe 200 pounds, maybe, um, but he can shoot the lights out, and he's a good defender. He's super long. He's a guy that's, you know, probably three years away from ever really being a full-on contributor in the NBA. But he's a guy that I really like, um, and I think whoever takes him, as long as they're patient, is going to get a decent player out of it. At number thirty-four, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking Dalen Terry, uh, point guard out of Arizona. Now, Dalen Terry is six foot seven, point guard, very long and athletic, um, good defender. Um, really he he ran the whole offense at Arizona um he's the main um distributor everybody else just kind of you know was shooters or you know finishers around him nobody else really handled the ball or handled any of the passing um so for the thunder it's just a, another young player another long young player uh to kind of put next to um Uh, sorry, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and, um... Oh, why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, Josh Giddy. Um, so then at 35 is the Magic again. I have them taking Harrison Ingram. He played shooting guard at Stanford, but I think he's probably more of a power forward, small forward type player in the NBA. Um, very good passer, uh, decent shooter, good defender. Um... But he's a guy that you know, sh- has shown some Draymond Green-type abilities on the offensive end. Uh, so, you know, an okay guy to take a chance on here at 35. At 36 is the Trailblazers. Um, I have the Trailblazers taking a guy that, at the beginning of the season, if you would have said this guy would still be available, everybody would have been a bit shocked. Um, he was looked at as a... Possible like top five pick going into this season. Um, Had a really rough season, and that is uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. out of Milwaukee. Um, He's a power forward, small forward type player, 6'10, you know, 220. Um, Very much in the, you know, Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant type uh, mold, but he is very unathletic. Um, Had some of the worst numbers at the combine on all the drills, um all the sprinting, the side to side stuff, the jumping um and struggled to shoot the ball uh during his time at Milwaukee. So he's a guy that if he can live up to what he was supposed to be at the beginning of this year, he could be a really good player, um but again, I he's a good guy to take a chance on here. At 37, I have the Kings taking um Ron Harper Jr., uh, power forward, slash small forward out of Rutgers. Now, he is Ron Harper's son. If you don't remember Ron Harper, he was on those Bulls teams that won all the championships. He was on the first Lakers championship team with Shaq and Kobe. You know, he was a big 6'5 point guard. Well, his son, about the same size, you know, 6'5", 6'6", much bigger frame, but has a lot of the same skills that his dad did. Um, so he's a guy that I would be willing to take a chance on here if I'm the Kings. Um, as they look to bring in more young talent and more guys that can um, basically be more versatile, have more skills, not be just defense or just offensive type players. At Let's see here. At number 38, I have the San Antonio Spurs taking Christian Brown out of Kansas now this is a guy that I might be um what's the word I'm trying to think of under undervaluing you know he could end up being you know a, a very good rotation player in this league um but he's about six 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 seven somewhere in that range uh very athletic very good defender good uh shooter. Um, especially from the corners. Um, very uh I think Kevin Herter is probably a good guy to compare him to. Um, just a guy that can help with winning, but he's never gonna be even like a number three option. He's just gonna be a guy that's helps, you know, to winning. Um especially coming off the bench. Um and I think he'd fit well with the Spurs uh program there. At number 39, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers taking one of my favorite guys in this draft. Uh Travion Williams, center slash power forward out of Purdue. Now Travion is he's built like Derek Favors when he first came into the league. Um, you know, 610, 265, 270, somewhere in that range. Uh long arms. Not the same defender that Derek Favors is, but he uh is a good passer. Um and I think is a guy that can make it in this league as long as he gets with the right team, a team that's gonna know how to use him. At number 40, I have the Timberwolves taking Jalen Williams, um, center slash power forward out of Arkansas. Now, Jalen Williams is he's an Alf Horford type player. I don't think he's ever gonna be anywhere near that level of a player. But, you know, a guy that can can hit from mid-range now probably will be able to hit from the three um, as he continues to progress as a player. Decent defender, pretty good athlete. Um, so here at 40, he's a good value. Um, that's the one thing about this draft in particular is I think there's a better chance of guys, you know, in the... 20s and throughout the second round they could actually have a place on an NBA team and actually make a rotation um again in most years it's your you know your top level guys and then a few guys scattered throughout the end of the first and into the beginning of the second um could actually have some success in the NBA but this year there's really not those top top level players but there's a lot of rotation level pieces on this team or on this in this uh draft this year at number 41 i have the pelicans taking a a bit of a risk um but again it's the 41st pick so but i've take them taking josh it's either josh minot or josh minot um, and m-i-n-n-o-t-t out of memphis he's six six foot eight you know power small forward power forward type player about 205, um, long athletic defender, guy that can get up and block shots. Um, not going to be able to create his own offense. But again, just fits what the Pelicans are building there with the long athletic team. At number 42 is the Knicks. Let me see here. What did I have the Knicks taking earlier in the draft? I had the Knicks taking Jalen uh filling their center spot. And so I have them taking a guy that I think can replace Evan Fournier um, in their rotation if they wanted to trade away Evan Fournier. Um, so I have them taking Max Christie, um wing out of Michigan State. Now Max Christie is a guy just like Patrick Baldwin, where he was looked at as a top, you know, 10, top 15 type player coming into the season. He struggled during his time at Michigan State, but had some time some points during the season where he really showed some flashes. Um, at number 43, I have the Clippers. This is their only pick in the draft, taking Kennedy Chandler, point guard out of Tennessee. Very quick, um, good scoring point guard. De- a really good defender, actually, even though he's only about 6 Um He's really going to have to put in a lot of work on his shot, but I think he has a chance of making it in this league, and the Clippers are really kind of desperate for for point guards, so I think it would be a good fit there for him. At number 44, I have the Atlanta Hawks taking Ishmael Kamigati, Uh center from Paris. Um, now, Kamagati is, you know, your classic rib-running, shot-blocking center. You know, pretty good athlete, long body, you know, around 7 feet, you know, 6'11", somewhere in that range. Um... But especially if they decide to move on from Clint Capella and go to Onyeka Kongwu as their full-time center, they're going to need some more depth behind him, um, and I think Kamagati is a guy that you could bring in and he could be serviceable as your third center um, on a team right now. Um, at 45, I have the Hornets taking Jean, or I think it's John, John, something like that, Montero. Um, point guard played in the overtime elite program, but he's actually from the Dominican Republic. Um, you know, six-two guard, really, really quick. Um, not the greatest of shooters, um, but he's a guy that can just put the ball in the basket. Um, kind of Lou Williams-esque, where he's not going to shoot 40% from three, but he's going to put up enough shots and he's going to hit them at a high enough clip that he's going to put up a lot of points. At forty-six, I have a guy that, in many mock drafts, I've seen him much higher than this. And if I do another mock draft, I'll probably put him a lot higher. Um, I just haven't seen a ton of film on this guy. But I have at forty-six. I have the Pistons taking Jake Laravia, power forward/small forward out of Wake Forest. Now, I again, I haven't watched a ton of film on this guy, but he reminds me of a Joe Ingles type player. Um, you know, six-eight can distribute the ball a little bit, can shoot. Um, really, really smart, has a really high basketball IQ. Um, so if he's all the way here at 46, I think this is a good value for the Pistons. At 47 is the Grizzlies. Um, again, earlier in the draft, I had them taking, uh, well, Christian Coloco to add more depth at the center, but I also had them taking Kendall Brown um, to help their uh, them at the small forward Get some more young talent in there to maybe replace Dylan Brooks. And I have another guy here that is very much a project. And that's Leonard Miller um, from Canada. Um, He actually played in high school and is coming basically straight over. He didn't play in college or anything like that. Um, Went to a prep school um, in Canada. This guy, I've seen him listed at 6'10 or 6'11. But he plays small forward. Um pretty athletic. Um, so he's a guy that whoever takes him, if they're willing to give him, you know, three or f- you know, three or four years, um I think could end up being a very good player in this league. Um at forty eight, I have our first uh European stash type player. So I have the uh Timberwolves, because they have so many picks in this draft. I have them taking Matteo Spagnola, uh, small forward, shooting guard. I think he's from Italy, um, but you know six seven ish. Just really really good three point shooter um, in this league or over in Europe. Um, so I have the Timberwolves basically drafting him and keeping him over. In again, I believe it's Italy for probably two years before you ever bring him over and uh, you know make him part of the team. At number 49, I have another guy that I really like. Um, I have the Kings taking Vince Williams Jr., a uh, small forward out of VCU. Um, this is a guy that he fills a lot of the holes that, that teams are looking to fill. You know, he's, uh, again, that 6'6", 220, you know, right in that height and weight range that you're looking for. Um has a lot of those those uh, the skills, the ball creation, the defense, the Ability to hit the three that you're looking for um, at this time in the NBA. I mean, like I said before, um, I think in the first segment, if you're between 6'5 and 6'9, you can handle the ball a little bit. You can defend. You're going to be able to find a spot in the NBA. Um, all teams are looking for guys just like that. And Vince Williams is another, another guy just like that. Again, I really like him, but he's not looked at as a top you know level player um especially coming from VCU, which is a smaller school at number 50 is the timberwolves again and again i have them taking a uh a guy that they're going to stash over in europe um for a couple years um in the actual draft i would expect the timberwolves to probably trade away some of these seconds that they have um Instead of rostering all these guys or keeping a bunch of guys over in Europe, but I have them taking Gabriel uh, Proci- Pro- Pro- Prociola. I don't know exactly how you say it, but he's I think he's also from Italy um, area, um, and just like Spagnola, very good shooter. You know, six six to six eight somewhere in that range, um, but a guy that I think the Timberwolves would keep over in Europe for a couple more years to develop before they brought him over. At 51, I have the Golden State Warriors again. Um looking for more depth behind Steph Curry. I have them taking Andrew Nemhard um, uh, out of Gonzaga. He's about 6'5, can play both guard positions, but is more of a point guard. Um but the you know the the Warriors really haven't had a good backup point guard behind Steph since maybe Sean Livingston. I mean, you could say D'Angelo Russell, but they really started those two together for that year. Um, so yeah, probably since Sean Livingston. And so I think Andrew Nemhart is, is one of these guys where he's never going to be a star, but I think he could be a backup point guard in the NBA for the next, you know, eight to 12 years. At number, let's see, we're we at number 52. I have the Pelicans taking another guy that I really like. Um and again keeping with their adding, you know, big athletic type players. I have them taking Justin Lewis, um, forward out of Marquette. It's about six seven, two probably about two forty five would be my guess. Um big athletic guy that can create a little bit off the dribble. Um good defender, decent three point shooter, he's gonna need more time there. Um, But again, it's just the Pelicans kind of filling in the pieces of this project that they started um, over the last couple years of becoming very long and athletic um, all the way around on their team. At number 53, I have the Celtics taking a player that they're going to probably keep over in Europe for a year or two, and Hugo Besson, uh, point guard. I can't remember where Hugo's from. I think... maybe Croatia, but very good um, ball handling, distributing point guard. Going to need to work on his three-point shot and, you know, not going to be the greatest defender, but he's a guy that can come over and run your backup point guard for, you know, 10, 12 minutes a night. Um, I think that's probably his highest level of potential. At number 54, oh, before we move on, real quick, so the Heat and the Bucks, their second round picks actually got um, taken out this year. So there's only 58 picks in this year, year's draft. The reason for that was they were found that uh, the Bucks tampered trying to get uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. The Heat tampered with getting Kyle Lowry to their team. So the NBA decided to basically to punish them for – talking to free agents before they were supposed to, they would take away their second round of picks in this year's draft. So there's only 58 in this year's draft. And when I get done with the last few picks here, I'll go over the guys that go undrafted that I would not be surprised to see them get their name called um, on draft night. At number 54 I have the Wizards taking Keon Ellis, shooting guard out of Alabama. Um, Keon's about 6'6". He's very athletic. He's very skinny, though. Um, Decent defender, but he's a guy that can get pushed around pretty easily. Um, But, you know, a good project player for the Wizards to bring in and have him learn behind uh, Bradley Beal. At number 55, I have the Warriors taking a really interesting player, but I think that if anybody's going to turn him into a good player, it'd be them. I have them taking... um, Jabari Walker out of Colorado. Now he played kind of small forward at Colorado. I think he's more of a you know small ball five or a power forward type player, kind of in the mold of Draymond Green. He's a very good three point shooter, uh, but he you know he has to shoot it straight up and down. He's not going to shoot it on the move. Um, he's a good defender. He's a good rebounder. Um, so yeah, I think he's a guy that they could bring in and basically have him be mentored by Draymond Green and see if he could become, I'm not going to say he's going to be the next Draymond Green because Draymond is a Hall of Famer, but if he could be you know, a decent replacement there, um, I think that would be a good pick for the Warriors. At number 56, I have a guy that most likely will go undrafted, but I really like him. It's Jordan Hall. Um, small forward slash point guard out of St. Joseph. Um he was the primary ball handler for St. Joseph this last year. Great uh distributor, has a really good handle even though he's 6-7. Um he's a guy that would probably take a couple years of development, but I really like him and you know, with how young the Cavaliers are, I think they have the opportunity to take a chance on a guy like this. At number 57, I have the Portland Trailblazers taking Michael Foster Jr. out of the G League program. Um, He's a center, power forward type player. Reminds me a ton of, um, if you remember, like Michael Sweeney uh, when the Knicks drafted him, or Sean May when the Bobcats drafted him. Um, Kind of a thicker, power forward, center type player where at lower levels they're able to just dominate because they're bigger, more athletic uh, when you get into the college or you know michael Foster's case the g league they're not as um effective but they're still good players and so I think Michael Foster is a guy that i don't think he'll ever be like a star level player, but I think he could earn minutes as a backup center in the n b a in the next you know two or three years and the last pick of the twenty twenty two Uh, NBA draft, I have the Indiana Pacers taking Peyton Watson, small forward uh, slash shooting guard out of UCLA. Now Peyton Watson is another one of these guys where coming into the season he was seen as a top like 8 pick really struggled during his time at UCLA. Uh, Didn't get to see the floor much but when he did play, the guy can put the ball in the basket um, he can handle the ball, he's a good defender just has a lot of different things to work on, a lot of things to clean up in his game. Um but if the Pacers are willing to uh to bring him in, let him play in the G League for probably a full season, the next year really just be all about development. So year 3 as a player, that's when, you know, if if that's when they expect him to maybe become part of the rotation, I think they could have something special there. Um so that ends the guys that i have going drafted we'll talk really quickly about the undrafted guys in my mock um, that could still end up hearing their names be called some of the guys that i have getting drafted could definitely fall out of the draft um, so first off is david roddy um, power forward out of csu 6'6 265 plays very very similar to eric Pascal, just a bowling ball that's going to get into the get to the hoop he's not going to worry about getting hit um and taking contact um, he's a really interesting player to look out for brian rollins um, guard out of toledo very good defender actually a pretty decent shot blocker as a guard at 6-3 darian sebron um, this is one of uh, rafael barlow's uh, favorite players um, Small forward, power forward, shooting guard, nobody really knows. You know, he's 6'7, 180, very long and skinny, but he was a ferocious rebounder. Um, I can't remember what school he went to. Um but he's a guy that's mm-hmm. gonna need a lot of time to develop. But he would be a good guy for somebody to bring in like on a two-way contract and just see what they got. Uh Londis Williams, uh wing out of Wake Forest. Pretty athletic, you know, just never just doesn't have any like huge NBA skill, but you know, good body, you know, six five, two fifteen ish, you know, he's a guy that somebody could take a chance on. Uh Julian Champagne, about six seven, two fifteen. His brother is his twin brother Justin plays for the Raptors. Um but Julian is a good scorer, good rebounder. I think, like his brother Justin, will probably be looked at as like a small ball power forward, um, in the league. Um, and then next is Orlando Robinson, center out of Fresno State. Just your classic, you know, rim running, shot blocking center. He's a little bigger. Um, I think he's going to have to probably lose about fifteen twenty pounds to really maximize his athleticism. But he's you know a long body that could an opportunity Iverson Molinar uh, point guard um, out of Mississippi State he is a guy that sees himself as the star um, so it's gonna be tough to see if he can actually fit into a role now, he's not a great shooter either um, but he he likes to do the whole you know Damian Lillard pull up from five feet behind the three-point line thing uh, next is Johnny Juzang uh, wing out of UCLA Um good score, great competitor, just really under athletic, I guess, for the NBA. Uh next would be Kofi Koch uh Kofi Kochburn. Let me try that one more time. Kofi Kochburn out of Illinois. This guy is huge. He's just like um Azabuki when the jazz took him, you know, seven feet tall, like two hundred and ninety pounds. Um Likes to bully guys down low. Decent athleticism. Um, but like Yudoka, really struggles moving side to side um, and moving his hips around. Um, next is uh, Ziga Sama, um Point guard, shooting guard um, from somewhere in Europe. I can't remember where he came from. Um, he is 6'5", which is good, but he's very unathletic. Um, he's going to struggle on the defensive end, but he's a guy that very good passer, very good feel for the game. Next is Musa Diabate, um, out of Michigan. He's a six foot nine power forward, just an amazing athlete that has no idea how to play basketball. Um, he's a guy that you're going to have to really take your time with developing, but I could see him getting a, a chance in the NBA. Um, there's Nurgyal uh, Khalifa Jop. I don't really know anything about him. I haven't looked him up, but he's another big center from, I think Nigeria. And then there's Ibu Baji, um, another center from, uh, from Nigeria. Um, could be the next Dikembe Matumbo, but he's a guy that he got really good up until about he was at 16 years old, and then he really hasn't developed any other skills since that point. Um, next is Scottie Pippen Jr., son of Scottie Pippen, you know, small forward for the all those bold teams. Scotty Pippen uh, Jr. is only about 6'1". He's a point guard, um, which I kind of, you know, I bet you he, he thought that he was going to get the same growth spurt that his dad did because his dad went from being – I think he was like 5'11 while in college and then grew to 6'7. Um, but that never happened for, for the Sun. Um, but decently an athletic point guard that might get a chance. Uh Gabe Brown is a small forward out of Michigan State against 6'8, 220. Might get a chance just because of how big he is and his ability to play defense. Um Next guy I've listed, I'll save him for last. Um so Ariel Huckporty, uh center out of Germany. Um very skilled on the offensive end center. Has a little bit of shot blocking ability, but he's gonna struggle on the defensive end and with rebounding, I believe. Then there's Kai Soto, who was in the G League program last year. Um played in the in Australia this year, you know, seven foot-two center, very old school type center. I don't know that he really fits in the NBA, um, especially since he's not like a dominant rebound or dominant shot blocker with being more of an old school player. The next guy here, I think probably has a really good chance of getting drafted. Um, in most mock drafts, they have him getting picked. Um, and if I did a ne- another one, I probably would put him into the draft, but that's... Hion Jung Lee. Hion Jung Lee. There we go. Um, wing out of Davidson. Really, really good shooter. Very Kyle Corver-esque type player where he's gonna shoot the lights out. And because he's 6'7, he's gonna be okay on the defensive end. Um, but you're definitely not gonna put him on like the other team's best player. Um let's see, here we got. Next is a guy that I really like, but I I think is going to go undrafted. But if I was a team, you know, looking for two-way guys, I would give this guy a chance. That's Isaiah Mobley, uh, center slash power forward out of USC. Uh, he's Evan Mobley's older brother. Um, not quite as big, you know. He's about 6'9", 6'10". He's not seven foot like his brother. Um, but Isaiah's a good um, athlete. He's a really good alley oop finisher. Decent rebounder. He's a okay. He's pretty good at defending the rim. He's a guy that I would take a chance on as a two-way player. Next is Sharif O'Neal, which is Shaquille O'Neal's son. Uh, Sharif started his career at UCLA, and then he had, I think he had a hole in his heart, was the issue. Um, Had to get surgery, had to take a whole year off of basketball, transferred to LSU. Played, you know, okay at LSU, Um, but he's, you know, 6'9", 6'10". He's not built like Shaq. He's very long and skinny. Um, but I think he's a guy that could get a chance. He'll probably have to start his career off in the G League at least the first couple of years. Um, next is Aminu Mohammed, who's another guy that has a pretty decent chance of getting drafted. Uh, but Mohammed is a six-five defensive focused uh wing type player. Um of you know tony allen esque, but tony allen again is is an all-time defender i'm just saying that's kind of what you could compare him to and then finally so the last guy the guy that i skipped over on my list but i wanted to talk about him last is kenneth lofton jr power forward slash center of louisiana tech this guy's he's just fun to watch he's about 6'6 280 pounds probably he's gonna need to slim down a little bit but he has an amazing feel for the game amazing basketball IQ he's developed a three point shot to a little bit he's gonna need more work there but he he's a guy that can play down in the post he bullies smaller guys um, and he has enough dexterity to move around the bigger guys he's a guy that I would I'd love to see a team take a chance on and I think he could he could be in the running for um, like G League Rookie of the year next year, um, as long as the team takes a chance on him. But with that, that goes ahead and ends this episode. If you made it all the way through all three segments—the first, the lottery, the end of the first round—and this one, thank you so much. I mean, I know this is a lot. Um, if you want more news or more stuff on the on the draft, look up Locked On NBA Big Board. That's run by Raphael Barlow. Uh, he does a great job. Um, he's the guy that where I learn about most of these guys from. Um, you can check out the podcast, um, or you can check it out on YouTube. That's locked on NBA Big Board. And then there's another guy. Uh, his name is DeAndre. I can't remember what his last name was, but he hosts a channel on YouTube called Hoop Intellect. He does a great job. Uh, scouting all these guys, um, uh, coming up with full reports on them. Um, I really enjoy his stuff. And then, um, Adam spin, Spinella, Spinoli, I can't remember how, what it is. Um, also on YouTube again, does a great job doing scouting reports on these guys. Um, so if you're looking for more information on the draft, those are three great guys to look up. Um, Yeah, with that, that ends this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day, and...